Welcome to the Trinity Galewood podcast. Here you'll find live messages recorded during our weekly services at Trinity. We are a community that desires to look, live, and love more like Jesus. We're located at 1701 North Narragansett in Chicago and meet every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Trinity Galewood podcast. All right, would you pray with me? Father, we thank you uh, once again for your word. Thank you for uh, the promises that it brings. And God, um, especially today, Lord, we thank you for the resurrection and how it shapes not only our lives, but all of history. And so I pray, God, that as we lean into your word once again, that your spirit would guide and lead us to see you a little more clearly today, to see how real your promises are for this day and for all of eternity. It's in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Today we're finishing up our series called uh, Three Days That Shape a Life. And over the last two weeks, uh, we've been looking at these three days of Jesus's life, uh, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, that that radically uh, shape our lives here today thousands of years later. And if you were with us a couple weeks ago, we talked about how on a Friday when Jesus was hanging from the cross, our God became the most evil for us. Not that he did evil. He was perfect in who he was and everything that he did, but he became the most evil, taking on our sin, the reason that he went to the cross and died for us. And last week we talked about this Saturday, this in-between day of, that, that is kind of awkward, that as we are waiting for this resurrection to happen, we are told that we should never underestimate the power of hope, that on that Saturday we are shaped with this lesson to never underestimate the power of hope. And today, we kind of teed it up last week, we'll be talking about that Sunday, The resurrection, the day that Jesus rose from the dead. And on that day, thousands of years ago, the resurrection changes everything. These three days shape our lives even thousands of years later. But but today is unique. Because, uh, let's just call out the elephant in the room. It's my family's uh, last Sunday here at Trinity Galewood. A place that we have seen God change us, shape us with these truths. But especially this truth on that Sunday on the resurrection. And so I want to begin in a place where we kind of began here in this space started uh, over five years ago. Uh, This church was known as Bethany Lutheran Church. And there was a lot of things that have gone on in its history, beautiful things that have happened. I mean, we sit in the work and the faithfulness of God here today that was working through this church before us. But as time went on, things started to change. And Bethany started to have this vision that maybe we could hand off this building to another church that was known as Trinity Lutheran Church in Lyle, Illinois. And and before we came here, my family and I, they were gifted this space 
with the mission to look, live, and love more like Jesus. And today there are three other locations that are worshiping under that same mission here in the state of Illinois. But on July 10th, 2016, we were brought here. It's a picture of my family and I. You can barely see it. My kids are a lot smaller than they were then. It was a very hot day here. And part of the dream and the vision of Trinity was that, uh, that we had to end and celebrate the ministry that had happened, but with the hope that we would start something new in this space. And so on July 10th of 2016, a bunch of people from the suburbs were bussed in to a really warm building with no AC, which we still don't have, hoping to have that sometime really soon. And a mission was started. Our family was called here to plant this location as mission pastor. And there was nobody who was a part of it. We were given the keys to a building, a lot of support from a church that was at a distance, but a dream and a vision of something to come in the future. We did have this though, I don't know if you can see it, we had a connect card from a couple, Eric and Missy Holly. And if you can see on this connect card here, they checked all of the boxes saying that we will help out with anything. And if you know Eric and Missy, you probably met Eric on the way in and Missy playing the keyboard, they have done that in so many ways. And so from that day forward, on July 10th, we move forward with this really important truth that the power of the resurrection is that it changes everything. And we were scared. We didn't know what to do. This church didn't exist. I was trained to do this and teach Bible studies, not to start something new. But here we were in this space and we had to be reminded that the resurrection does change everything. That because Jesus rose from the dead, sin, death, and the power of the devil are defeated. Amen? This is the hope that we hold on to. This was the hope that was held on to by the people who were in this space before us. And this was the hope that was held on to by those first witnesses that saw Jesus rise from the dead. So today I want to look at that very text that we get about Jesus rising from the dead. And I want you to see the beauty and the hope that they held on to. Because early on when we didn't know where to start, where to go, we held on to this hope. And I think it was summarized really well in a social media post. Actually, I was looking through our old social media post. This is the first one that was on our Instagram. My wife put it uh, together, and we didn't really have anything to put besides a prayer. And so I want to read to you this first post that we had. By the way, um, there was one like on March 14th of 2017. It was Eric Holly. <laughs> he was all in, all right? And he still is. Uh, it said this. This is uh, the words that my wife wrote. Lord, make us a place of welcome, a place of compassion. Help us not place barriers in the ways of those that are seeking you. Let us shine your light, not our own, and open the hearts and minds of those we encounter 
to see you through us, to rid us of our own selfish desires, our own pride, and humble us to be servants for you. Thank you for allowing us the honor of loving your people. What a beautiful prayer. And one that reflects the text that we just read in Matthew 28. So I want to look at three ways that the resurrection changes everything here. If you have your message notes, you can write these down because I think these are really important for us to see here in this text. The first one is this. The resurrection changes everything because the door needs to be open even when it's uncomfortable. The, the good news of Jesus is that the door is opened. In fact, uh, there's this really interesting thing, if you notice, in Matthew 28, 1. It says, now after the Sabbath, meaning this Sunday morning, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. This is really interesting here, but what we're learning here is that there are two women Mary Magdalene and this other Mary who are the first ones to show up at the tomb of Jesus. And notice the author here, Matthew, is telling us that they're expecting to just see a tomb. They're expecting to see what they saw the day before. And this is like you going to the gravesite and expecting to just bring flowers and pay honor and respect to the person who is dead. But when they showed up, what they see instead of a tomb is what they see is that the tomb door is opened. They have an angel that is there and they are shocked. Look here, in verse six it says, the angel said to the Marys, for he is not here, for he has risen. As he said, come and see the place where he lays. See, on this Sunday we see that what was closed off now becomes open. What we see that was shut and closed now becomes open. And last week we talked about this, that Jesus is raised or is put in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, who was a rich guy. He had power and influence. So to move that tombstone uh, to, so that they could open it was no minor feat. It was a massive thing to be done, a miracle that had happened in, their, in that very place. And this is what the good news of Jesus is about. And as I think about opening these doors and this open door that was here, it reminds me of something that I've loved to be a part of here at this church, is always keeping the doors open, literally. Justin, I hope you're laughing right now, man. Because in the wintertime, I love to have these doors opened. And people are like, Pastor Dave, it is so cold outside. Can we just keep the doors closed? See, see, opening these doors is so important for people to see inside of our community. Because there are thousands of people every single day that walk by, drive by, that have been through Narragansett to try to skip North Avenue and just shortcut through. And they see this beautiful space and building, but it seems to be closed off. But what the resurrection says is that the church is a place that opens the door. That's welcoming to those to come in. That, that the symbol that we see in Jesus rising from the dead is that it's an invitation to come and belong and be a part of this place. Because there are people that will come into this space. You're probably one of them. That when you come in here, you wonder, can I belong here? 
Can I be known and fully loved? Will these people love me? And, and the hope of the resurrection is that what was closed off is that Jesus is going to open it. He makes a way for us and God. He is the one who provides a way for us to experience his grace. Amen? That the resurrection does this in this place. It opens a door. And this isn't just a Sunday thing that we see. It's something that we're continuing to do all the time. I'm reminded from this first picture of our first fall party here. That we had this weird thought of that what if we created a safe space on October 31st and just invited the neighborhood to be a part of this place. And that was a first step, an introduction into this neighborhood to say that we desire to be a place that's going to welcome people in, not push people away. I think about our legal aid clinic that meets once a month here, that is inviting people in complex situations to come in and share some really difficult things. But this is a place that welcomes those complexities in. Amen? See, opening the door is more difficult. It's easier to be closed off. It's easier to keep distance. But what we see in this Sunday, why the resurrection changes everything, is that it opens up the door. I love this quote by a guy named A.J. Zabota. It's so beautiful. He says, some stones God will ask us to move. And other stones only God can move. The challenge in life is learning to work tirelessly at the stones that are ours to move and laugh in the joy at the ones that God has already moved. You can't save anybody. Somebody needs to hear that today. It's not all on you. There's only some stones that, that Jesus can move. And by the way, if you want eternity or life to the fullest, that's only a stone that Jesus can move. You can't move it. But there are some things in our lives that we need to be willing to open up the door a little bit, to be uncomfortable in. Which leads to the second part here, three ways that the resurrection changes everything, is that following Jesus will be messy. So lean in. In the Russian Orthodox Church, apparently on Easter Sunday, um, it always begins uh, with the church as the people going around and telling each other jokes. Seriously. They begin their service by, uh, by having people go around and share knock-knock jokes with one another. Or like a priest walks into a bar joke. I'm not, I'm not making this up. This is what they do. And, and the reason that they do this is because uh, this, this tradition is a small effort to retrieve the emotions of what that Sunday morning would have felt like. I mean, here's two women who are shocked that, that he has risen from the dead and now they're called to go and share this with everybody else. I mean, imagine some of the responses that would have came, like, you're, you're joking, right? This is, this is comical. How could this be? I mean, look here in Matthew 28, verse 8. It says this, so they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. This, this angel shows up and says that uh, you have a responsibility here. I want you to go and tell the disciples about what you have seen. 
And notice these two key words that Matthew uses to describe the emotions that they have in this moment. There is fear and great joy that these women are experiencing. You know, when I look back at some of the things that we've done in our history and time here at Trinity Galewood, some of them are like, what were we thinking? And one of them was this. On the first Easter Sunday, we had people show up to church here and we gave them shards of glass. It's, literally, I have it right here. It's not a joke. Uh, we did that because we had a, a, a stained glass that was kind of blowing out. And we were like, oh, this would be kind of cool. Why don't we just break it into a thousand pieces and hand it out to people? And on, on that Sunday morning, the, the purpose of it, though, wasn't, wasn't a joke or to try to, like, cut you. But instead, the reason of it was to say that we believe that the resurrection, if it is true, which we believe it to be true, that if God rose from the dead, then I, too, will rise from the dead. That those who trust and believe in Jesus, it's not some joke, but it's something that we hold on to. And that while we can look very broken in this place, we cling and hold on to the hope that comes in Jesus. I'm so thankful for Matthew's words here. He says this. He says that the Marys, they were filled with fear and great joy. And notice these words that he's using here. He's not saying that they were filled with great fear and a little bit of joy. No, he's saying that, yes, they were filled with a sense of fear. Jesus is who he says he is. That because he rose again from the dead, it changes everything. And that brings some fear, some awe. But it brings greater joy. It brings hope in the midst of pain and struggle, that their joy for these Marys outweighed their fear. And by the way, this will lead us into messiness. I've seen this in this place, that this church has been a place that engages in issues in this community that can be messy. I mean, for the last three months, we've literally been picking up trash outside because the alderman's office asked us to do that. It's gross. It's messy. I've seen this church engage in things that are really difficult, like social issues. And when the murder of George Floyd happened, we had a community of people that came together to pray, to be out on our front lawn, to be visible to our community, to say that we don't know all of the answers, but we do know that Jesus provides greater joy for this place and for eternity. That this is the hope that we hold on to and we lean in in the process. See, our God brings great joy and fear, and that changes everything, which leads me to the last one here. Three ways that the resurrection changes everything. That people will come and go, but this place tells others that the resurrection unites us all for eternity. 
I'd never seen this until this last week. I was reading a commentary by a guy named Jeff Gibbs, and he made this point. It's really, really fascinating. Look at this with me. Uh, In Matthew 28, verses 9 through 10, it says, And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. So remember, Mary, uh, the Marys show up. They're shocked that the tomb is open. They have this conversation with the angel, and the angel tells them that you're going to go and tell this to the disciples. But, But Jesus then steps in the resurrected Lord, and he says, greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet, and they worshiped him. But then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Again, he's pointing this fact of that, I can see your fear. Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and they will see me. It's it's something that might seem very subtle, but it's very beautiful. I mean, notice this key word here, how Jesus describes the people that were with him. He says, not friends, not disciples, not those people who betrayed me. Because remember, they're not even at the tomb. He says, go and tell those brothers that I've risen from the dead. And see, what I find to be so interesting here in this moment is that Jesus had an opportunity to really just slam those disciples, right? He had the perfect opportunity to just say, this is why they're not on my level. And let's face it, like in our world, we're looking for those opportunities all the time. I mean, we saw it a couple times this last week. Team USA lost to France in basketball. And we're like, man, they're the worst ever. Blah, 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 right? And we look for opportunities where people are failing and we just love to kick them. I mean, another example, Simone Biles, right? That all of a sudden somebody pulls out of competition and we use that opportunity to elevate ourselves, to feel better about ourselves, in these moments. See, the world will love to take these moments to bring disunity, but Jesus in the resurrection, where there is difficulty in this moment, decides to bring unity instead of disunity. He brings reconciliation instead of division. What he's saying is that go and tell the brothers, the people who are a part of our family, that I did what I said I was gonna do. And this is so beautiful because it starts there in that they go and talk to Jesus, but then you know the story continues. In Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20, Jesus says, I want you to go to all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That this invitation isn't just for those brothers, it's an invitation for all. And when I look at the faces that I've been so privileged and honored to see here today and through the years of our time here at Trinity Galewood, the thing that just blows me away about God and who he is, is the diversity that exists as I look in this space. That I see people from Elmwood Park, from Austin, from River Forest, from all over the place. I see black and white and brown. I see rich or poor. I see stylish and still working on some style. I see the 
I don't know how I can put this one. I see the Republican and the Democrat. I see the old and the young. I see what is a reflection of the goodness of the kingdom of God. See, what unites us is deeper. And what Jesus was saying thousands of years ago is that the resurrection changes everything because what was meant to bring disunity is now bringing unity from now until eternity. So thousands of years ago, Jesus would rise from the dead and it would change everything. But as I reflect and think on all of the things that God has done in this space and continues to do in this space, I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for leaning in, for stepping through those doors, for engaging in the mess. And as people come and go, we know that there is something that unites us that is so much deeper. So I go back to this beautiful prayer that my wife wrote on our Instagram. I don't know if there's still one like on there, but it's there. Hear these words. Lord, make us a place of welcome. A people of compassion. Help us not place barriers in the way of those that are seeking you. Let us shine your light, not on our own, and open the hearts and minds of those we encounter to see you through us. Rid us of our own selfish desires, our own pride, and humble us to be servants for you. Thank you for allowing us the honor of loving your people. Church, I'm here to say, God has answered this prayer abundantly for us here. And I know that he's going to continue in that journey. That the mission does not stop that we have unity because of our God. And we cling to the good news because the resurrection changes everything. Let's pray. God, thanks, uh, thanks so much for who you are, how you work, and all that you have done, not only here in this place, God, but thousands of years ago, your resurrection changed everything. And so, Lord, uh, thank you for giving us these glimpses of that here. Knowing that uh, your church is, is bigger than this place, but we are grateful that we have been able and we will continue to be able to see how your resurrection is working and changes our lives. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to invite you now to, to grab your communion elements. You know, it was on the night that, that Jesus was betrayed that he took some bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, take and eat. 
This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he then took the cup, and after taking a drink, he blessed it, and he gave it to them, and he said, take and drink, this is my blood, the blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sin. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. Do you believe that Jesus is Lord and Savior? That because he rose again from the dead, that his resurrection changes everything, that it opens a door, it brings us new life, it changes the way we see ourselves, the way we see others, and it changes our path for eternity. If you believe that he died and rose again from the dead, say, yes, I believe. And do you believe that Jesus is present in this meal? That we take him at his word. When he says, this is my body and this is my blood, we recognize a holy mystery happening here in this place. That this meal brings forgiveness of sin because he says so. If you believe that to be true, then say, yes, I believe. And I invite you to participate in this meal with us here today. You can take out the bread from the packaging. Receive these words. Take and eat the body of Christ given for you. You can open the cup and receive these words. Take and drink the blood of Christ shed for you for the forgiveness of your sin. Would you stand with me for a time of prayer? Lord, we are, we come before you once again reminded of who you are, reminded that you are a God that existed before we were here, and one that, that invites us to join you for eternity. And so God, just say thank you for your faithfulness and how you have worked in this building for, for many years. But God, how you continue to be a God who works in this world, in our lives, that when messy situations come forward, you put it on yourself. And God, I just pray that as a community that desires to look, live, and love more like Jesus, that, that we would fix our eyes upon you, the author and perfecter of our faith, that we wouldn't just hold this good news to ourselves, but as something that we give to others as well. God, we know that we can't do that on our own strength, that, that it's by your Spirit that you are working in this place. So that leads us to say thank you 
that leads us to say we're sorry for the times that we've only thought about ourselves, or maybe when we've doubted your, your goodness. God, we bring that to you here today and are reminded of all that you continue to do. May that be at the front of our mind as we go. God, may that be at the front of our mind for this church here at Trinity Galewood. That as transition is happening, may we be reminded that you are still Lord of the church. This was your church, God. This is your church. So God, I pray that we as, as followers of you would be reminded of that good news. We're not alone that you're here with us.